Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Morality of Everyday Things. This is an everyday philosophy podcast run by me, Jacob. And me, Anthony. Welcome back to our series on should we legalize... Legalize it. In this case, we're going to talk about the legalization of prostitution or sex work. Now, in the last episode, we looked at legalizing recreational drugs. Uh, We opened the episode with a kind of framework discussion of why do we make anything illegal? What is the role of government? And how should these things apply morally and practically to the issue in question yeah so we would recommend strictly i think this will largely make sense outside of that context but you know if we're going to be talking about legalizing you know making things illegal it might be useful actually to listen to some of that context on why is anything illegal what's the role of government how do we decide when things should and shouldn't be legal and also actually we got into some good talks on the drugs one around concepts such as mill's harm principle and the concepts of positive and negative freedom so it might be useful to uh, listen to that one first before listening to this one yeah definitely a lot of those will apply here as well yeah um, As always, leave a review in your podcast player of choice. Do feel free to message us, Anthony at stash.com, Jacob at stash.com. And we also have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us, it is very helpful. It makes, it makes sure that we can generate content very regularly. Totally. So in this episode, we'll focus on sex work. As a brief clarification, sex work or prostitution is exchanging or promising to exchange sexual relations for compensation, mostly financial. I find it really hard to read the phrase sexual relations and not think of um, Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yes, yeah, yeah. I literally, as soon as it like, clicked in my head, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, he did. He totally did. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting because sex work is often described outright as illegal or morally wrong. Things aren't always that simple. One thing that we mentioned last time, really quick kind of primer, you said illegal or morally wrong, right? Bear in mind that our approach to whether things should be legal or or illegal or legal, they tend to fall in one of two strands. They tend to be either a policy approach, i.e. looking at outcomes, Mm -hmm. or they tend to be kind of a value-based moralism that's brought to this. And, and, you know, the argument of whether government should take moralistic stances is a separate one. We talk about that in the intro, but it's worth bearing in mind in this one. One thing that we also clarified in the intro is that actually... If you think about sex work versus something like drugs where it's about victims and criminals, sex work tends to be really like the the policy discussions tend to be quite victim focused. Victims being the sex workers themselves. Outcomes are, we'll come to this, but outcomes change depending on on legality and illegality. Um, The argument does not tend to be a sort of product focused, damn man, we could could do this so much better if we made it legal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although uh, to some extent, that's that's an argument too. It's just not a... It's just not a group of people benefiting in the way that we care about. Yeah, the, the moral focus doesn't really tend to be on the, uh, I think the, 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 patrons. the term is the, the patrons, the Johns, I think they're called. But it doesn't tend to be so focused on that. People people aren't quite so concerned That's about sexist. Okay, there are women who use prostitutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, what you're saying no, is that the term Johns is sexist. Yeah, the, yeah, but it was a joke. Like, I, I would guess it's something like 99 to 1. Definitely something we'll discuss is that, it, yeah, it, it seems to be a very gendered industry. Uh, Who'd have thought? <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, you're right. In some ways, that actually makes the analysis, morally at least, uh, a bit simpler because what we're talking about is, yeah, we're, we're talking about protecting the sex workers. That seems to be the, the key concern. argument tends to be protection. And, and when you're looking at, you know, when, when, when people have run studies and, and, and they've sort of analyzed it, it's really interesting comparing the counterfactuals of when sex work is illegal versus when it is legal, the way that you're able to regulate outcomes. It's, it's always very focused on, you know, like infection rates, STIs, uh, abuse, the working conditions, workers' rights, etc. Yeah. All these things that basically it's talking about just making the environment safer for sex workers. So what are the current laws? We'll be brief with this one. Prostitution is illegal in many aspects in the UK. Paying or even promising to pay for sexual services. And you can be prosecuted for promising to pay for sexual services. Actually, people don't realize all of that is illegal. Other offenses include 
running a brothel, helping to run a brothel, curb crawling, which is to, you know, basically sell us on the street, or on the flip side, to try and sell sex in a public place. So the curb crawling is like, you know, the guy in the car, like, beep, beep, hey, baby, you want to get in? There's <laughs> uh, an Arctic Monkeys song about that, when the sun goes down. It's about curb crawling. Yeah, yeah, it's about yeah. a dodgy geezer picking up Next women on the street. So who's that girl there? I thought um, it was about a prostitute. Well, it's about him and her, isn't it? Oh, okay. So there's almost nothing then about prostitution in the UK that you can't be prosecuted against. Mm. And in America, the laws are pretty much the same, other than specifically in uh, some parts of the state in Nevada, where licensed brothels are actually allowed to operate. Yeah, and Louis Theroux went to one I remember for a weird weekends or, or part of a series. It was quite, quite interesting. And other than that, there are some countries where prostitution is allowed, which often have red light districts. Red light districts are areas which are specifically designated as areas that prostitutes are allowed to work in. And the most famous ones are in the Netherlands and Germany. The Netherlands, again, being very, quote unquote, progressive with their laws. I mean, we talked mm. about that in the, in the context of drugs. Amsterdam is a famous destination for being very early in yeah, the history yeah. of things to, to legalize yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of recreational drugs. So one of the reasons they argue for implementing these red light districts, and bear in mind, it's an area, not an overall law, mm -hmm. is that actually it makes it easier for the, the authorities to kind of keep a handle on what's going on there. Yeah, the bottom line is that prostitution is broadly not legal, but when it is, it is for the most part highly controlled. There are exceptions like in Germany where there is both not just legalization, but commercialization too, and it's, it's actually become a hugely profitable industry. I am aware through um, friends in Germany, though, that like the overlap between the legal and illegal world is uncomfortable and strong, mm -hmm. i.e. it is very hard to run a legal brothel in Germany without having to interact with the underworld with whom you're effectively fighting. Even though in countries where there are the strictest of laws, just because these are the laws, this obviously doesn't mean that prostitutes are then always protected by these laws or that they're always enforced, right? Mm. So, Jesus, I complain about Dubai a lot here. I went to Dubai as a young child to school and I'm not a fan of the place. Huh. Anyway, I think anyone who's been to Dubai can tell you it is crawling with prostitutes, despite the fact that ostensibly it's uh mm. yeah like to the extent that like you know if they wanted to they could clamp down on it it's it's ridiculously opaque because it's a very strict no it's generally open right? well yeah it's supposedly a very religious and authoritarian culture but mm. they know why people come yeah and i mean in britain these are fairly old stats but estimated back in 2001 is the most reputable stat we could find sorry for one not being more recent but they reckon prostitution was estimated to be worth 770 million pounds a year. And that's in, in Britain where it's illegal. So yeah. it's clearly quite a lot of it going on. Yeah. I mean, that, that would mean in modern times, inflation in that, one and a half billion, maybe, two billion, yeah. something like that. Maybe, maybe less than that. That's a lot of money. And that begs the question, if it's going on anyway, and it's worth that much money, why is it broadly still illegal? That does shape it as if we're thinking about the financial. We, yeah, we, like, true. The other thing is, and we'll come to this, study after study after study just shows uh, sorry if I'm, this is a spoiler, um, but study after study shows that the health outcomes for sex workers are better when it's legal and regulated. Yeah. Now, um, last episode in the introduction, we kind of said, look, there's two ways of thinking about whether something should be illegal. There's the moral approach and then there's the sort of policy outcomes yeah, approach. Touched on that briefly. Yeah. Touched on that briefly. Let's quickly look at the morality around sex and in particular prostitution, because I think prostitution is a really interesting one. There's something you ask your average person on the street and they, whether or not they'll say it's inherently wrong, there's definitely something that makes people feel a little uncomfortable. bit uncomfortable about it. Well, this is, this is interesting. Sorry, guys, this is off script. And so it may overlap a little bit. We were discussing this the other day. Right. We were in Prague 
and I believe prostitution is like in the kind of semi-legal area there. Like you're not allowed to have brothels, but you can have prostitutes. So just clarifying, I got a massage, but it was not a sexual massage. It was, the, it was just a regular, a regular massage because because I like I enjoy a massage, and they're relatively cheap there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like twenty thirty quid to get a uh, Balinesian, you know, kind of stretching Thai massage. And now I feel uncomfortable even talking about it. I know we I, took the piss so yeah, much we made you uncomfortable. Yeah, but but no, it's it's really interesting that like clearly paying for a pleasurable physical sensation even that is fine because like it's not just the fact that 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 you can pay for that that it's legal like if someone told you you know i'm a massage therapist at least in the uk i don't feel like anyone would be like oh that's gross or mm. like oh that's weird like despite the fact that it's legal right that's totally normalized it's totally mm-hmm. fine and it's totally fine to get a massage right mm. and yet the, like as soon as it's sexual then very quickly it changes, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's funny that literally paying for physical pleasure is fine as long as it's not sexual pleasure, sexual yeah. physical pleasure. And, and even the line there was like, you know, we were joking about where the lines blur there is. And for example, if you were the kind of person who was into feet and you got a foot massage. Yeah, 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 you know? exactly, exactly. Like where where does that kind of, why is that okay? Was it, anyway, back, on, back onto script. So there has to be an argument that the nature of sex is, and this follows on actually from what I was saying, there has to be some sort of argument that the nature of sex specifically is such that there should be barriers between sex and commerce. That in some way paying inherently corrupts whatever it is that makes sex, sex. Yeah, um, this is an interesting argument again, going slightly off script, but this is one that Michael Sandel makes when he yeah. when he talks about like sort of the moral limits of markets, and he says normally there are two reasons why you'd want to think about banning anything from entering a market. One is that by paying for it, you corrupt the nature of the good itself. Yep, certainly sex is one where where you can sort of make that example, but mm, you could understand that. We could understand that argument. The other one is uh, is about bargaining power, which we'll come back to when we talk about outcomes. But yes, bargaining power yeah. is basically saying someone is someone actually fairly in a position to offer this to the market. Does the fact that so the opening paying, of a market open the chance for exploitation exactly yep. exactly but again and this is why i think massaging is so interesting could you not make the same argument with massages right could you not argue like you know you can totally see the picture of like a foreign immigrant move somewhere only thing they can do is massage people maybe they don't want to maybe they fi- find mm. it uncomfortable right and i think the thing that's really interesting here is we're all like reasonable adults here like i think that we can start to understand that maybe like sexual relationships or the enga- engagement in sex is slightly more multifaceted mm. than than you know just like this is a way of expressing love with my partner right mm. i mean certainly if you think about for example masturbation mm-hmm. generally that's not an expression of self like love that's <laughs> maybe that's, in a that's, really idea yeah, maybe you know <laughs> there is clearly an element of just pure physical gratification so it seems that making or banning the the overlap between sex and commerce i.e prostitution treats sexual relationships as if they always ought to be meaningful and loving so if you want to ban prostitution on the grounds of prostitution failing to achieve this then it seems that we would have to ban lots of other types of sex that wouldn't fulfill this model too so for yeah. example one, it, one it, night stands yeah it was like no one night stands no hey we should monitor people leaving clubs are you guys together <laughs> like actually together how no. long have you been together yeah exactly like you, <laughs> what are your intentions you shouldn't be allowed to have casual relationships right like this it, so it's basically saying like this isn't the case and then i get what you're saying again to take it back to the massage thing the thing about exploitation and largely that is my view like i don't think many there, there are cases but i think the majority of people who, who are sex workers aren't making that decision because they actually are like oh this is a great thing for me you know maybe some only fans content producers for example actually are in that position mm-hmm. but i think the majority of people who are actual prostitutes don't fall into that category it's more like of need but there are lots of people who are masseuses who probably you know certainly have at least some clients that they don't like serving like who are i don't know not nice to massage I, that's being very judgy but i don't know whether a masseuse kind of like 
switches off and they don't care whether it's a very hairy, attractive, <laughs> overweight person or but you, you, you get what I mean, I know, right? Like you, you yeah. like there will be cases where they they probably don't enjoy the physical sensation of the approach of the activity. So I mean, it's interesting. Uh, we we've said it kind of falls into two two camps. You've got the does paying for sex change the nature of the good being exchanged? Does that even matter from a moral perspective? Ultimately, people who engage in prostitution are real people, and if you say the work they're doing undermines the value of sex, that very much like you say seems to rest on the idea that this impacts views of sex and and uh, you know, it implies the only model of sex is is the sort of loving commit sex within a committed relationship. But actually, you know, that's very much not the case. Uh, again, yeah. like just being real about the way the world works. But then the exploitation thing. I think is a very relevant argument to this. I think from a moral perspective, that's the one that resonates with me anyway. And if we're worried about exploitation, you could think of that to begin with as being a very good reason to prohibit sex work. You know, we, we, you, you, you hinted at some data and I've got some here. They did a really interesting study in the Tower Hamlets, uh, which is an area of London. Of those women who became prostitutes, one in two became involved at age 18 or younger. Mm. Four out of five had unmet housing needs and 85% had experienced physical abuse during childhood. All of which really uncomfortably point towards it being vulnerable women who end up becoming prostitutes. I mean, yeah. those those numbers paint yeah. very... But this is an interesting causal question, right? Go for it. If that's what's happening in the illegal context, mm. right, does that... A, make a stronger argument for like, wow, we should definitely keep this illegal. Or actually, does it strangely B, make an even stronger argument for trying to like protect these people mm -hmm. and create a regulated environment where they can be safe? Exactly. Like, if the argument is, look, these people, as unfortunate as it is, they're going to have to become prostitutes. They're going to become pushed into becoming prostitutes anyway. Should we do as much as possible to protect them in that line of work? I mean, the alternative is like a totally different approach where like we completely overhaul our social systems so that people aren't forced into these positions. But mm -hmm. the fact is like absent of thinking just about prostitution legislation, absent of that, they're just at a greater risk, mm -hmm. right? We're just mm -hmm. making these vulnerable people even more vulnerable. An interesting reason that's famously been given against the legalization of prostitution or even its decriminalization is that one thing we mentioned earlier, the industry is reliant on gender inequalities. So instead of looking at, uh, at if the potential for exploitation is solely about prostitution, meaning it's legally wrong, maybe it's still enough to say that it should remain illegal. Yeah, so basically legalizing it would further entrench gender differences. Yeah, and gender so that's, inequalities. That, that's, that's an argument I've definitely heard people make. So look, it's already very gendered. You don't want to make things worse for women in general. So to this tune, in the UK, prostitution is considered a form of exploitation in the violence against women and girls, according to the Crown Prosecution Service, like you said, because of its inherently gendered nature. We've got someone called McKinnon, who says sex work is exclusively degrading to women and thus just an example of gender oppression. It constitutes a moral wrong because of this. And radical feminists argue that to protect women, all sex work ought to be banned, and they think that's the best way to achieve this. Yeah, so they're basically saying it would be better to just get rid of prostitution entirely rather than going the other way and decriminalizing or even legalizing it. So McKinnon thinks that the protection that prostitutes would gain now both would negatively impact other women and not help the prostitutes in the long run. So this is what I was saying earlier, where like, okay, maybe if vulnerable people are being pushed in that position anyway, legalizing it helps. And it's like, well, yes, but that's a short-term solution mm. and really leads to like a suboptimal equilibrium. Yeah, it's it, like it's, a it's the best worst it. outcome. Isn't yeah, it? it's like, yeah. Which, you know, the, the kind of, maybe that's kind of a, maybe that's a bit of an immature way of, uh, of approaching a problem. Mm. But also I get that they're saying like, no, we need bigger systemic change than than this. I think the fear um, people have is uh, if you legalize or at least decriminalize it, whether you like it or not, making a sort of national value statement, right? mm. you're basically saying 
we endorse this to a greater or lesser degree. Yep. And that makes people really uncomfortable. Also, I think it's generally disputed. I say I think this is generally disputed by those who actually are currently working with prostitutes. The idea that it wouldn't benefit them to make it legal. Who argue that banning sex work now is not going to help those who are currently in it. So that's the flip side, isn't it? That's the, the sort of pro column. In a world where sex work is legalized, it could be treated as actual work. And this is positives as well as negatives. But a big positive is that currently prostitutes, if anything's go wrong in their line of work, if they're exploited, if they're harassed by a customer or a pimp, there's really not a lot they can do about it because there's, you know, it's criminal. So there's no sort of services they can easily access. It's even hard to like report problems. Yeah. Speaking of actually, it also unfortunately promotes people committing crimes, right? Mm. There's an overlap between the type of person who solicits these services anyway, but then throw in the fact that they know that they that these people have no recourse, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the same way that um, a drug dealer can rip you off because what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's the same situation for a pimp or someone soliciting services from a prostitute. And it's no wonder that, you know, when you hear about serial killer stories, I'm sure there are stats about this up, but I can't find them. Or at least I'm in the middle of talking and I should have looked for them before. But a huge number of uh, people who are murdered are prostitutes because they're easy people to murder because mm. you're, you're taking them to somewhere where no one else knows because you're trying to keep it secret because it's illegal. They're trying um, to keep it secret, too. Just, they have the incentive to kind of keep it relatively. Yeah. And so the then if you even if you openly abuse them, they have the incentive of, of simply dealing with it. It rather than finding any recourse so not only would making it legal sorry not only would legalizing it give people protections they could even have uh, you know they could even have workers rights they could they could be protected by the law and have other rights too so a lot of positives uh, potentially yeah. there in terms of safety and yeah. if you remember guys when we said at the beginning what are the sort of moral or policy concerns that we care about in the case of sex work it was very much about the protection and safety of the sex workers however there's some some weirdness of that being a, a quote-unquote normal job so think about unemployment benefits right <laughs> can someone who refuses to do sex work claim unemployment if they are choosing not to take that work i mean i, I get it that's a pedantic argument but i think you can just cut some <laughs> yeah you can cut some like exclusions to that like you know the government's not going to require you to be a sex worker uh, in order to claim benefits um <laughs> oh i see you're yeah. saying like imagine if it was like well <laughs> for a job get yeah. to the job seekers <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a brothel that's looking for people. Christ. Uh, another one, it might be, you know, it might open the possibility of things like people who performing sex work would have to adhere to standards of non-discrimination. And I think it, it, it uncomfortably does sit in a kind of special area where, like, on the one hand, you want people to have the right to to choose mm. to provide these services, especially if it's legal. But then on the other hand, should a prostitute be able to say, I don't fancy that, like doing that with that person, which is or, or like, you know, in certain situations, that's completely reasonable. But what if that was just purely racial? for example, mm. uh, or, or in, in, a, in some other way, discriminatory in an yeah. unfair way. Well, another example we say is about sexual orientation, right? What if, uh, you know, a lesbian sex worker, uh, you would, would they be entitled to refuse to have sex with a man on that, on that basis? God, that's, oh God. Weird, I, right? I, you know, I hadn't even until we did this, had the, like, whilst I was thinking about prostitution and legalizing prostitution, I never thought like, what about the like idiosyncratic problems of treating it like a quote unquote normal profession? Mm. That's so weird and uncomfortable. Oh. Um, so, I mean, to give you an example, similar to what you said, you remember the famous case of the couple who refused to bake that cake for a gay wedding? Oh my God, yeah, um, that's going back a bit. Yeah, there are standards for non-discrimination, which mean that you cannot refuse to provide a service to, in this example, a couple who want to buy a cake on the basis they're gay. Uh, so that's exactly like your lesbian sex work does it suddenly become like oh well if you're a, a registered sex worker are you allowed to refuse certain type of work <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's yeah. funny isn't it because it does feel like it's it's on a slightly different level to the sort of wider moral issue isn't it it's like yeah they, these feel like these could be these are these are specific technicalities that can be discussed or yeah. like, and, and i think the fact that like this is something illegal that you would look to legalize in the interest of safety for the sex workers i think the difficult thing is that we all know 
that like in the specific case of prostitution you know we're legalizing this to the benefit of the victims not necessarily because we want to normalize this as a normal job and i think actually not to take anderson out of context if i understand it correctly anderson isn't really making the argument here that these things would definitely happen anyway but maybe instead sexual relationships should not be commercialized because of these yeah, yeah, yeah. peculiar like, risks yeah okay so like some sort of acknowledgement like yes okay maybe there's, maybe there's a place for legal prostitution but like there is some evidence that this is not a normal yeah, thing yeah, right yeah, like yeah. a baker shouldn't have a say over like you know what i want to write on my cake whereas like a sex worker can legitimately like consider their sexual orientation when considering the work that they take on one potential alternative to uh to completely commercializing sex work is to implement something called nordic model approach to prostitution as the name would suggest in a fairly obvious manner it's the current model that's in place in sweden norway and iceland amongst other countries but it has nothing to do with the nordic model which is the socio-economic model uh the nordic model is the idea that those who sell sex are decriminalized but those who buy sex are criminalized that's a weird approach isn't it yeah although is it similar to the dealing situation where it's like those who sell drugs are criminalized those who buy them aren't yeah but the difference is that it's like dealing in reverse yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like it's like those who buy drugs are criminalized those who sell drugs it's like you're cool (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah so if a situation where the two people were caught and one had sold sex and the other had bought sex no criminal charges could be levied against the seller they could be against the buyer the aim of which is eventually to get rid of sex work but to protect current sex workers along the way to do this so there is actually there's a sort of policy end goal there and that at first seems kind of kind of appealing i guess as an alternative to the options we considered earlier which was sort of blanket pro prohibition versus complete legalization it's a kind of middle ground i i still think it's a bit strange though right because mm. it still creates this perverse incentive i'm just well no technically okay a prostitute could, could then seek help if something bad happens mm-hmm. that makes sense but then i guess the flip side is that like it's bad for their business in a weird it, it way it sort of makes it hard to operate it makes it? it very hard to operate it really is like the, the drug dealer problem in reverse mm. and it kind of feels like if anyone's going to be in trouble for providing a good that you're in some way confirming is illegal mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's the person who is, is like <laughs> who's providing who's providing it is the victim but in this case i guess it is because they're exploited into doing it but mm. then can't you make the same argument that like okay but people who become drug dealers are exploited by the situation of their life and really they're the victim there college graduates with access to good jobs don't choose to become drug dealers although actually some of them kind of do <laughs> <laughs> it's not impossible yeah you, you but you know what i mean they don't become street peddlers there's mm. a really interesting study i was reading this morning which was suggesting that criminalizing sex work could do more harm than good um because a natural experiment arose in indonesia basically the policy outcome they were looking at here was stis but mm. they said that there was a district in indonesia um that basically banned sex work and the brothels that operated there had to shut down however there were districts neighboring that uh, continued to allow prostitution so the brothels continued mm. what was interesting was um when the brothels shut down a lot of the support infrastructure that existed alongside it so access to free contraception free sti checks for sex workers all these things disappeared at the same time because they couldn't be seen to support what was now a criminal enterprise which meant that the prostitutes that continued to operate in the area where it was illegal suddenly as you say found the jobs a lot harder had to mm. solicit sex was, was this the or, nordic model or was this the um total the criminal model total so this wasn't right, yeah, right. so this criminal was like, for both parts yeah both total ban so they obviously found it a lot harder to peddle their trade it meant that when they were yeah when they were conducting sex work they then you know it was much harder to get contraception that became more expensive so actually one thing that was a bit perverse was they then started selling like unprotected sex at an even higher price because it was a better way to earn income but then meant it was a lot unsafer and actually idiots who pay for that that's weird right 
So then you end up with a grim rise in STIs because yeah. of decriminalizing it. And actually the prostitutes end up, you know, more likely to be abused. Yeah. They collected a lot of stats on this and basically showed it to be the case that whereas in the district where it remained legal, everything kind of continued on a fairly safe basis. It suddenly became a lot worse for the sex workers yeah. from criminalizing it. And I guess the key point, which is a theme across all these episodes and one we talked about last time is even banning it didn't make the demand go away. The demand yeah. still existed. The demand exists. It might make it a bit harder. And actually, this is something to consider in the Nordic model, where it would be criminal for the person, for the, for, the, for the John, but not criminal for the prostitute. The existence of any demand might not change, but you might cause enough friction to knock some mm. people off. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, take, for example, the case of making it illegal for the men, legal for the prostitutes, assuming it's men, the, the users of the services. That could actually also select for a more dangerous type of customer, right? Because... Those who are kind of marginal users or, you know, people who might use it in a case where it's legal would be put off. Whereas people who now, first of all, you know, it, not only is it criminal, but there's actually a power dynamic where this person could be, could effectively blackmail you if they know this about you because they're not criminal and you are criminal, but mm-hmm. you engaged in a quote unquote criminal activity together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of scaring those people away. Uh, the only people who are left are the people who are, for lack of better terms or more specificity, seedier whether that's but then also you can kind of flip that around why do why do people solicit sex work like why do we not think about that as a as a social problem or good or bad right like what is it what is it that do we think that it's um socially and mentally well-adjusted people who are primarily searching for that particularly the ones who pose risks to those people it's a really interesting question because we did cover this we, we we did cover this at the end of the drugs episode where we said there actually does seem to be a fairly natural drive towards your state of consciousness, which is why some amount of drugs have always been legal in every society going back as far in history as you want to go. For example, yeah. alcohol. And we sort of, I think both of you and I were like, do you know what? I, I think we're sort of fairly accepting of that as a fairly natural drive. Mm. That makes sense. I think given that's not going to go away, you want to create safe infrastructure for people to yeah. have access to good information and consume drugs safely. Mm. I think it goes without saying that the sex drive is <laughs> an equally natural, if not stronger drive yeah. that most humans experience. However, the drive to solicit sex via prostitution, that's a bit different. That's a bit that's well, the, I, I think it will either be, I need to, actually, I should have read more on this, but, you know, it, it's probably going to be some range of like, okay, either there is some sort of mental freudian messed upness that means that that specific power dynamic is something you enjoy or you're in some life situation where you can't fulfill that need without uh payment Mm -hmm. or you know as we were saying earlier maybe the nature of the sexual relationships that you're interested in in that case are not like deep emotional fulfilling ones you're just looking for Mm. a quick service mm-hmm. uh, and which you know doesn't necessarily overlap with wanting to cause any harm to the person providing you that service right that's probably the most legitimate use case that understanding of like hey man like people are sex for different reasons and you know it doesn't always need to be deep deep love but yeah in all cases or in the cases where there's uh, a problem or there's likely to be a problem sometimes it's worth considering in the same way that like when someone commits murder do we just say this is a terrible person or do we say okay what were the steps that led to this person doing this this horrible thing right mm. and the understanding like okay like it ten, it's, say for example like the example I gave with the abortion mm-hmm. abortion uh, increase oh this is from the last episode introduction of, of easier abortion laws in the US some evidence suggests reduced crimes 15 to 20 years later right because less unwanted babies 
uh, quote unquote, were being born into difficult situations. Like when we talk about murderers, I think a unnuanced perspective would be to not think at all about the fact that, you know, maybe these are people who are the products of, of difficult circumstances, you know, pushed into being in a gang or whatever, etc. Et How does that kind of approach overlap with our thinking of people who solicit the services of prostitutes? And like I said, there's, there's the whole range of quote unquote legitimate ones where like you just don't see. And also, actually, to be fair, we're talking about all this stuff. To the, when you're talking about the problem of exploitation and stuff, is porn any different? And I this mean, is like, something we haven't discussed at all in this episode because we might come back to it in a future yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, it's certainly different with something like OnlyFans, but like if you're just thinking about, well, I mean, there's, you know, there's horrible horror stories of people who are too young, pressured into, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And actually, it doesn't matter whether you're watching a video or having direct sex with a person. If the problem is they're exploited into being forced in that position, you're promoting it by buying the service. Absolutely. I guess it's just diluted by how many people are doing it. <laughs> And I, I mean, it's interesting, as you say, in the case of sex, I mean, uh, this is where the harm principle, I suppose, is fairly important because you've got the range of users. Uh, one thing that's uh, just an interesting anecdotal piece, not anecdotal, that's not I mean. One thing that's an interesting um, example is, you know, uh, the use of prostitution by those who are disabled. Or, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Actually, one thing we didn't discuss at all, right? Let's say that there is a legitimate use case for sexual services, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's, is there an alternative that's somewhere in the middle that maybe is less unsavory. Virtual reality. <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say this sounds this sounds crazy. Bear with me, guys. This is a thought experiment. What if instead of prostitutes, and people might not enjoy these services as much, but what if the thing that was legal was just like anonymous hand job places <laughs> <laughs> that you have to wear a blindfold as a as a male patron or female uh, as a patron? You have to wear a blindfold and you are physically serviced by someone else so you're getting your sexual needs met in a way that's not emotional you're not I, the person isn't identifiable so actually one of the main things they, they get to remain anonymous that's actually a huge benefit and and actually something about the fact that it's just physical manipulation with their hands makes it slightly less uncomfortable versus like they have to you know share their genitals with you yeah uh, is that a crazy crazy suggestion <laughs> what, oh my it would be the literal wank bank <laughs> tm um, tm but is, yeah. that, is, is, that a, is that a terrible suggestion for an in-between? I thought you were going down the line of like robots. I thought that was right. Well, no, I, okay. Then eventually that I'm saying in the absence of that, like why, like, okay. Say for example, yeah, people in medical situations, like you, you could actually see a, a, a situation where like a nurse provides that sort mm. of help rather mm. than, oh God, I'm not, if you're a nurse, I'm sorry, I'm not suggesting that should be part of your job, but <laughs> are you getting what I mean? There's something more sterile. But also acknowledging the fact that people have physical needs, yeah. physical sexual well, needs. Well, what you're doing there is you're distinctly separating the sort of physical from the emotional. But it's funny because it reminds me of, um, you've read Catcher in the Rye, right? No. Oh, you haven't. It's a great book. Um, but there's a, there's a really famous, uh, and funny and uncomfortable scene where he orders a prostitute and he's only a teenager and then ends up just like chatting to her <laughs> instead. And I think it sort of drives at that point of like, uh, in his case, I think it's like sort of emotional needs kind of at that point, like discomfort rises to the, to the mm. fore. Um, I might be slightly uh, misrelaying that scene, but it, it's a really interesting example of that. And I think, yeah, I mean, what you're suggesting is completely divorcing the two. And I, I don't know. Whilst I mean, also providing an avenue to fulfill that physical need. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of what porn is doing, right? Mm. Except for the anonymous part. Yeah. But like, imagine a porn star who's hiding their face or identifying features. Mm -hmm. And basically, rather than using their hand, you're using your own hand. Yeah. Right. And they're kind of distancing it. And you can satisfy that physical need without putting them at physical risk or anything like that. And they can actually be very controlled by providing that remotely via video or photos. Oof. I wonder, I mean, weird. the theme of this was really, can you address the problem 
from the other side. So we, we've talked about like how can we make work safer for sex workers, but then you're saying, how do we actually, that's, that's sort of talking about making supply safer, but then you're talking about how, how could you address or reduce demand or uh, yeah, you can either, where, where does to, that come from? To the extent that demand is, is legitimate, how do we address it? And to the extent that demand is illegitimate, like the outcomes will be, I don't know, negative past or issues or whatever, address it, mm. right? Like kind of stem that demand. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Very interesting. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, it's something that I think is still still a, a fairly taboo topic in society at large. Yeah. So. It, felt, it, felt, it felt weird suggesting the creation of a wank bank. <laughs> but actually, is that that crazy? Like, maybe is, is maybe that's better than creating brothels. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The oldest profession. Mm. Anyway, updated. guys. Um, so, <laughs> so that was that was a thorny one. Tell us what you think. That was yeah. That was an interesting episode. Really quickly, and summarize. What do you think is the is the right approach to this one? I think this is much harder than the drugs one. Oh, this is harder than the drugs one. Well, I think the biggest question is the three options: Nordic slash Scandinavian model, mm-hmm. which is criminal for the patrons, not criminal for the providers. Um, criminal for everyone, uh, just totally legal or totally legal. Um, I think based on a lot of the economic studies that I've read, I would probably tend towards legal, but I think that that should be coupled with that kind of exploration of like, why are people buying these services? How can we make sure that like as much as possible, the sex workers who are providing this are, you know, people who are choosing this line of work as opposed to exploited or pushed into it. Mm -hmm. But I think legalizing it, the problem with the, the kind of Nordic model is that strange effect where like it selects for the most dangerous customers you know actually weirdly i don't have a good reason maybe it has better policy outcomes in which case i'd I'd go with it Mm -hmm. i I haven't looked into the nordic model versus total legalization there's something strange about the kind of reverse dealer problem right Mm. like i wonder if prostitutes uh, prefer that like would your overriding response be like great that means i can go to the police if i want them or if you're a prostitute are you more the type of person who doesn't trust those authorities anyway Mm. and your number one concern would be like well how am i supposed to sell yeah, but if people aren't allowed to buy your services, it doesn't really matter if you're allowed to sell them, right? It still, it, yeah. it still creates a slightly weird commercial environment. Yeah, I don't, um, but I don't know. Maybe that's, to be honest, maybe I'm so divorced from this. By the way, I didn't clarify at any point. I, I don't personally solicit prostitution services, so I, I don't, <laughs> don't think that was in doubt. Well, yeah, maybe I, I like, you too well. So I struggle to I put my head in the headspace of a John it's, it's and, and to, into the headspace of a prostitute. I don't know. I, it's hard to, for me to imagine what kind of person is a prostitute yeah it's hard to empathize with that and i suppose it's you don't want to come off judgmental potentially you know there are people who one enjoy being sex workers and then potentially as you say there are people who have legitimate healthy you can see the expression on my face listeners can't you can hear the tone when you say that we get what you mean like quote unquote legitimate like they're not doing it to like seek to exploit them or yeah anything like that they're just like fine customers you're you're having consensual sex on the basis of commercial exchange rather than anything else so potentially those use cases exist i think i fall down on the same side as you i find the nordic model a little bit curious but it's one i'd be interested in learning more about but i yeah. think i totally think, down to data whether i support it or not exactly it's a policy question i mean the, the things that i care about when thinking about this are really yeah i think legalizing at least has the sort of practical element of you're making it safer for the people involved i think pragmatically it seems to be something that doesn't disappear mm. when you ban it and therefore yeah it's better 
harder to make a safer environment and it's then fu- it's i think there's also like it's funny because a lot of people a lot of people kind of have this weird simultaneous like oh but the empowerment argument or like um you know people should be able to do this if they want and then that nordic model is kind of a weird in between where it's like the nordic model to me morally or values wise only makes sense if you are committed to the cause of trying to get rid of prostitution yeah which is right? which at least seems yeah yeah seems which like, like what it's trying to do i get that whereas like the legalizing one it's like you can actually be of either of the strand like i'm just making the best of the fact that this is going to happen i may as well make it safe or you could even be of the strand where it's like hey man like what's wrong with this maybe this is legitimate which i mean i don't personally agree with but if someone really strongly feels that way i'd be open to like hearing their reasons as to why mm. yeah let's call it cool. a day thank you guys good episode we'll be back next week with the final uh, episode in this series uh should we legalize gambling tune in then bum, bum, bum.